Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Uh, In fact, we're going to start out going unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? You're on Free Talk Live. Uh, Hey, this is Brandon in California. Brandon, you're on the air. Hey, I just wanted to give my two cents on the... uh Law of Attraction deal. Nobody cares about your stinking two cents, Brandon. Uh, yes, yeah, we do, well, actually. That's I'm the point of the show. Kidding. Uh, so, Brandon, what's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Uh, well, I believe it was Sam who was on the air the other night talking about it. Yes. Well, we had yeah. a, uh, all three of us were talking about it, and oh, right, then but, uh, uh, many of the, yeah. cent- the, the dissenters called in. We had quite a discussion. Well, uh, I just wanted to comment on something in particular that uh, Sam had said about uh, if you get shot, it's basically because you wanted to get shot. That's got to be really tough for a lot of people to get. Well, my, my issue, okay, you can explain the individuals, but what about cases like Hiroshima? Um, yeah, like I, I can't back up what Sam said. I mean, I can kind of understand from a spiritual standpoint how he might be saying that, um, which essentially is that, you know, like you stepped into a role that is here on earth in order to uh, uh you know play out a part and learn some things uh, on a spiritual level and i guess you know you knew that your interwoven portion in that play was going to be that you died in the uh, hiroshima uh you know uh, bomb uh-huh. there so um you know that's the best i can come up with on that and to me you know like that makes some sense but i look at life as you know, it, a role that we we step into, uh, mm. the, the spiritual being being step into, and I think that somebody who takes uh, takes a more literal look at the world is probably going to have a difficult time with that. Uh-huh. Any uh huh. I suppose if you go from the purely spiritual side, but um, yeah, then there's also issues like uh, child abuse or uh, mentally challenged people. You know. It, the whole idea behind the law of attraction is you can pretty much do anything as long as you're willing to work for it. You know, if you want to be rich, you can get there by taking the appropriate steps. But if you're a, a grown man with the IQ of a five-year-old, there's no way you're going to be a multimillionaire no, no matter how hard What you makes try. you think that that grown man or that, uh, that mentally challenged individual had an intention to be rich? Well, I'm just saying if they wanted to. Well, um, I understand where you're coming from on that. Have you ever uh, played a video game um, on the like the easy setting and then the difficult setting? Have you ever done that? Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe that guy decided I'll play life on the challenging role in in the challenging setting. So it was a uh, something they decided before they were born. In a way, they decided they're going to do the mentally challenged thing. I think that uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Huh. Well, I guess I can't really argue against that. No, there's not much you can say to that. I mean, yeah. it's it's, it's, a pretty, it really it's pretty watertight. And there's, well, there's also no way to prove it either. On no, your there's side, absolutely Mark. not. <laughs> it's just a belief system. It's just a belief system. It's, right, right. It's an yeah. empowering place to come from. If you like mm-hmm. where you're coming from, I recommend you stay there. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts for us tonight? Yeah. Uh, and I just, well, hmm. I'm kind of reluctant to give my other thoughts because it still just doesn't stand up to the purely spiritual thing but uh okay now i'm uh i'm doing okay right now in my life mm-hmm. okay uh, i'm okay with my job i'm okay with where i am and a job just got thrown at me 
a job that pretty much pays double what I'm getting paid now. Wow. Excellent. And just it- someone said, hey, you want this job? Sure. I, I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't making any steps. I mean, how does the law of attraction handle that one? So you're saying you weren't uh, trying to progress in your life and, ma- and go for you uh, know, making more money? Wise, no. You weren't, you weren't trying to make more money in your life? Uh, not really. It wasn't really at the moment a goal of mine. Okay. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I got no explanations for it, man. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much uh, it. I would say that stuff happens because I'm not a big believer in the whole law of attraction thing, but... Um, well, I, mean, that's a, what I, would I don't say. disagree with stuff happening. No, stuff does happen. I mean, what we talked about the other night when we were discussing law of attraction, and again, it's kind of a, it's kind of a uh, complicated issue to some extent, and we can only get so deep here. But, uh, but, but basically, the idea is that it's it's operating all the time. This concept that like thoughts attract like thoughts, and then you know it'll bring that experience into reality eventually. Um, but if you aren't actively utilizing it if you aren't creating a vision for yourself if you aren't sort of living into that future if you aren't feeling how you would feel if you got what it is that you were looking for uh then you're just kind of living life by default or you're uh you're mm-hmm. using law of attraction by default in which case there are all kinds of thoughts that you're putting out there that the universe is responding to some of them may conflict some of them may not and then you get what you get uh, so th- I guess the suggestion there is that you've gotten what you've gotten because you've done what you've done or you've thought what you've thought. Uh, whether you realize or not what it is that you've been doing, that's sort of more uh, a question of how cognizant you are of what thoughts you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Does, does that make any sense or does it just sound like babble eh, to you? I suppose. Not really something I agree with, but yeah, I okay. get you. Well, that's my answer for you. Yeah, you know, uh, one thing that I'd like to say about this whole law of attraction thing, the discussion that we've been having is I have no intention of uh, evangelizing anyone to, you know, oh, the right, right. science of mind or the law of attraction. We've talked about it. I tell uh, people what I think. I try not to uh, share too uh, effusely because I know that some people don't like it. The people that do like it aren't calling in to uh, say, yeah, I like it too. It's, you know, it, it, what it seems to me is to be a lot of uh, what I would call evangelical atheists saying, no, you can't prove it. You can't prove it, and that's it. Well, you're not necessarily an atheist. I'm sure there are believers out there who disagree with it as well. I haven't had any. I'm sure they're out there. Oh, they're not. Oh, I bet in, there are believers. Uh, you mean like believers in uh, Christianity or something like that? Right. I mean, some people are going to argue that God has a plan. Other right. people are going to argue that it you have free will, but it's not the law of attraction. So yeah. I don't know that it's just evangelical atheists. Are you an atheist, caller? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anything else but on yeah, your mind tonight? It just... uh, I don't really have a problem with the whole law of attraction thing. I mean, if people need that mystical aspect to get them off yep. their asses, then hey. Yeah, we're just go. a couple of dum-dums. So, um, <laughs> does it bother you at all that uh, that Ian and I were both atheists at one point in our lives? Mm, don't see why it would bother me. And then, I like, think it bothers some of now them. Now we're not. It uh, doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I can tell it bothers some of the ones that are, uh, that are on the BBS. I, 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 still have trouble, I still have trouble defining you as anything. I mean... Clearly, with the theater, the I, I don't know. You're you're clearly you've got some spiritual element in there, but I'm I'm not sure it rises to the level of not being an atheist. I mean, I get the pantheism thing and the idea that the universe is God. Yeah. But that it seems like kind of a somersault to get around the whole idea of there not being a God. You know what I mean? I'm not sure. I mean, if it I just, know what it you just mean. seems like I... you're creatively redefining the term God to say that I'm not an atheist. 
because I believe that everything is God. But just because you believe that the the universe is here, I don't know that that makes you not an atheist. Hmm. Like you, you just um, in in Ian's case, not Ian, mine. Right. He 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 believes that the he he might believe in some spiritual aspects to the universe, how, and that it might have laws of you know spiritual laws. That doesn't mean, however, that he doesn't isn't an atheist. I can see right. that because he hasn't well, professed a belief in and certainly a sentient God. And whereas you believe in some sort of sentient God? I think I do. I mean, I, I pretty much call myself a deist. I, there's some things that I can't explain from a does, does, you know, scientific standpoint, and I understand that, yes, I can't explain everything from a scientific standpoint, but I get to pick my belief system, and this is the one I pick. Um, well, my it, belief system isn't scientific, obviously. I'm on board with the, the right, pantheistic right. view. There's not, nothing I'm scientific about making that. making caveats for you know, anybody well, who might have I think a, when you I think the problem with the term God is that it's so commonly used in the, you know, colloquially it's used as... Uh, to represent this monotheistic uh, man with a beard up in the sky, determining what is right and what is wrong, laying down a set of commandments for uh, for people to follow, and the universal God or whatever, or the God that I subscribe to, which is uh, everything or all that is, doesn't have. It's just not, it doesn't even fit into that paradigm. So uh, the suggestion is that the universe is great. And that uh, we're all parts of that universe. We're sort of the universe experiencing itself or the universe becoming self-aware. So to that extent, it's a much larger picture of, uh, I think it's much much uh, larger or wider encompassing of a view than just, there is nothing, I'm an atheist. You can hold that view. That's not the word I would use. But... 800-259-9231. I'm, I'm always looking for better terms. More coming up. Free talk This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, and those features include updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on that list free updates.freetalklive.com plus visit nick over on his website freemindstv.com actually you also do a radio show uh, but free minds started on the tv side it's now expanded out to radio and uh, from what i hear you guys have scored a new affiliate yeah uh, can we announce who it is or um yeah it's mount Mount Jackson, Mount Jackson, <laughs> Mount Jackson w- Virginia, WSVG, one of our weekday affiliates, which is great. So they're picking up more pro-liberty programming out there, which is excellent. Good so stuff. Free Talk Live leading to more Free Minds TV or Free Minds Radio affiliates leading to who knows what next. So, so please go and listen to more of uh, Nick and his, uh, his buddy Toby, co-host Toby over at freemindsradio.com. That's freemindsradio.com. And did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's private and confidential guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. You can get a free account over there, too. Yes, to uh, test the waters, so to speak. Uh, We go to your phone calls. Dave is on the line in Ohio. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm an agnostic libertarian Mormon. There you go. (laughs) You can say it's panathetic. I'm a panatheist because I believe in many gods. Pantheist? Or wait, no, that's that. No, wait. Pantheism is not the belief in many gods. That would be polytheism. Um, well, I'm a polytheist. So tell us about these many gods that you believe in. Oh, boy. 
Too many. Too many. Is, is there like a, is it a like god Zeus? of the combustion is- engine? Yeah. It's like the natives believe that to every parts of nature have their own gods. Yep. Okay, and so it's uh, kind of like a Greek or a myth- mythological polytheistic Almost an animist system. kind of situation. It's more of a modern day for me. So is there an actual name for your religion, or is it kind of a, a personal Dave a Dave made this, uh, you know, uh, applied all this to himself? You, you don't go to any church. There's no structure. Uh, it's a it... personal thing for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But I wanted to call in the Mormons believe that before we're born, we're alive in spirit. Mm-hmm. And that we choose, like much like Mark was saying, that we choose to live on earth to have a spiritual experience. That you've come here for a specific purpose. Yes. Chosen in advance. Because I heard Mark just the last caller talking about that, so I wanted to weigh in on that, how the Mormons believe. You know, it's it's an interesting concept. It's one I, uh, in, in recent years, would have completely rejected out of hand, uh, but I find it absolutely fascinating, the uh, the idea, and it kind of explains... I mean, obviously, there have been a lot of people for, who, for a long time, have talked about having past lives, right? Uh, yes. But you, you, of course, would ask the question, well, if, indeed, you decided to to come here for the specific purpose, why wipe out the memory of all of the, the past lives? Wouldn't that be beneficial to you? And as my friend explained it, we're spiritual beings having spiritual experience. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Right. Appreciate hearing from you at yeah. 800-259-9231. I think the past life thing is interesting, and I think that, uh, you know, telling telling ourselves stories uh, is, is okay. I mean, I don't remember anything about any past life experiences, and I think that uh, it seems odd to me that uh, anybody who does remember those things was never um, some dirt-poor beggar. They were, uh, you know, always somebody of, of some note somewhere along the line, and so... You know, I, Seems odd, and, and obviously the, they're telling themselves uh, a story where the protagonist is uh, somewhat elevated. But you know, I was just talking about uh, talking to Nick in the uh, in the break there, and you know, I, I guess that the way I'm where I come from on this law of attraction thing is is I, you know I've been believing I've been believing the law of attraction before the law of attraction was I had ever even heard the term. Um, if you look up science of mind on Wikipedia, it'll give you some um, you know explanation as to what the religion is, but you know it's it's sort of it's centered around positive thinking and nick you'd agree that positive thinking is good right yes as I long like as positive. your goal isn't to like rape children or something yeah well i, I mean i guess if you're thinking positively and you that's somebody's your gonna goal somebody's going to think posit- positively about putting you in a jail cell if that's what you're going to do so <laughs> i was I, a believer in positive thinking as well yeah, i mean po- positive thinking is a good thing and if my religion only is a system to get me to think more positively, more consistently, um, with uh, you know more emotional verve behind it. To be aware of your thoughts. It's good, right? I agree. I think it's good. And if it, in, in fact, I'm right that my, um, you know, that in, the, the the critics would be say would say you're delusional. That's fine. Okay. And if right. so, I mean, it's good that I'm delusional. Like no, I'm they delusional, would say, they but would the say, results are good. Well, they would say that you've gone too far. The, I, I'm delusional, but the results are good. But they yeah. would say that you could go uh, way beyond the pale. I could result. do all kinds of things, right. but I'm not doing them. The, the, uh, the evidence is that it's working for me in my life. 
Right. I mean, there's, the objections have been pretty ludicrous over on the BBS. I mean, somebody suggested that, well, because you've gone uh, to this point, you could just reject. Uh, since you've rejected rationality in this way, then you are also possibly going to reject rationality and embrace well, socialism or something like it that. Is, I mean, it's it is. It re- is. I mean, I will say that, insofar as it's not really proven by anything, it's just. Uh, a nice and convenient-sounding belief system, it's not rational. So it is a departure from rational thinking. You know, it doesn't... If if rational gets me half the way to positive thinking, and this gets me all the way to positive thinking, I'll take this. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, Right. So essentially you're saying if if it's false, it's a convenient... And if I'm right, um, then I get to, you know, I get to control the universe's machinations that are set up there for people that believe that they can, for people that can, uh, you know, that, that know how to think positively and get positive results. So either way, that's that would be even a better result. So either I've got good or I've got better. And it seems to me that somebody who would want to take the that away from me is an evil little ogre. Maybe. I mean, I guess it depends on where you, how you value in your belief system, how much you value truth. Yeah, well, I mean, or rationality. I mean, if you value that more than positive thinking, then you're going to value skepticism. The results yeah, that's are, where some people are coming from. The evidence is that the results, um, the, uh, uh, that the results, uh, uh, the evidence of the results that have been wrought by this in my life for um, a decade now or more is that it turns out well, like it's working for me. And I don't see any reason why I would want to abandon this. Yeah, but some people are going to argue that they would rather, they'd rather be rational about things even if it's not as useful. Some people would play. I don't know why it, they would want that. Some people value, well, you know, they're going to say that, well, there's no evidence but it's, it's true. It's fine I don't that they value true. rationality, but do they, do they value uh, tearing other people's uh, you know, belief systems apart? Is Most apparently likely, what yes. They, yes. Apparently what they value. Yes, you know, and like that's a problem with things that skeptic. work for other people and yeah. kicking them in the crotch. That's Who a, needs that from anybody? No, Thank you. Well, Crawl a, back in your hole. That's a problem <laughs> with skeptics is usually they're trying to rain on other people's parade. Yay! Because they I, don't. Let's invite anything. them to the party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'll be- <laughs> Yippee! Uh, let's get some more of that. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think a lot of people are just upset that Ian, you know, the former atheist, has moved on to and embraced uh, essentially a, which it, what is essentially a religious belief. I mean, pantheism is basically a religious belief, and I think it's frustrating to them because, uh, well, we had something in common, and now we don't anymore, and... They're upset by that. I understand where they're coming from. I used to feel that way. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. 
and get interactive. Uh, edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki, W-I-K-I dot freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call. And they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. We go to your phone calls about what you want, and we'll start with Bodie listening to wherever. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bodie. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? What's on your mind? Um, I just was thinking in in a case where, okay, well, libertarians, uh, we're all anti-violence. For the most part, and most I was part. thinking in a situation. Libertarians are, are anti-aggression. We're in favor of right. defensive violence, if necessary. Right, but that's exactly what I was thinking. I was reading an article about the situation in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. where um, you know the, the president Mugabe is going to have a multi-million-dollar uh, birthday party, and in the meantime, they're stealing people's land without. Uh, Compensation and there's you know caller academics and 95 percent unemployment. I thought. Well, oh, and don't forget it, the hyperinflation. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm saying, wouldn't it be in that situation or a similar situation where you as an individual are faced by widespread institutional violence towards you? Would it be not self-defense to respond violently and and you know assassinate the the guy or, or you know something to that extent if they're there. You know, stealing your farms and and starving your people off. It seems like, and I, I can think of many other examples like that where institutionalized violence through the state um, happens all the time. It's it's, it's a it's, great it's, question. It's one I fielded before, so I want to see what Nick has to say on this one. How do you feel about um, that? I think in the situation of Zimbabwe, yes, it would be justified. Um, it's a it's a difficult line to walk, though, um, when you're talking about it from the philosophical standpoint. This, the philosophical standpoint is somewhat easy because you could argue that government, any government force being applied to you against your will, if you ha- aren't doing anything to anyone else, is violence against you. The problem is in the application because if you're going to take that viewpoint, then basically any law applied against you that's not, say, a law against murder or rape, as you could justify shooting the police or trying to overthrow the government – um, and that's just not a very good way to go about it if you can do it peacefully. But in the case of Zimbabwe, um, I think from a practical standpoint, they've reached a point where that would be appropriate. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. And, and I just, fortunately, in this part of the world, we don't have that sort of uh, extremity to deal with. Although, yeah, it is kind of the same. And uh, the question is, where do you draw the line? Because in, institutionalized violence on the part of the government happens every day all over the sure world. Sure it does. And it's a great question and so one that I think each I think it's a question that each individual has to answer for themselves. I for one will uh try to avoid crossing that line for as long as possible. I'm not interested in uh engaging in violence. I'm interested in peaceful solutions to the problems that we have and I will do whatever it takes to avoid Right. There's uh, there's at that. some point uh, that a government will grow to, you know, some size where it's just it, it it's time to be violent. In the case of Nazi Germany, Germany no one would have uh, been upset about somebody saying this is we've enough is enough. I'm killing SS guys. Nobody would have said, you know, currently in today's paradigm, nobody would say that that is a bad or radical position to take. However, um, you know, it's it's just a matter of degrees between what we have today here in America and what was going on in Nazi Germany. 
It's just an issue I, of degrees. Not necessarily having to be a violent response. I mean, although they're perpetrating violence on you, but at least to do something, because it seems like in, in the vast majority of these cases, there's institutionalized violence going on everywhere, and the response is for people to just kind of cower in their rooms and, and be, a fear, be afraid of the... Well, the indeed, I mean, you can go back there. There's some famous quote, uh, and I don't know who said it. It was about the World War II situation with the Germans uh, coming door to door, rounding up the Jews and others. And, uh, of course, if people had met the SS at their front doors with clubs and resistance, then that never probably would have been able to, they never would have been able to get away with what they did. However, they did capitulate, and they did uh, they did allow the the German troops to do what they did, and as a well, result, kind of tragedy another, struck. Kind of ties into another theme too, because at that point, in my understanding, the Germans at that time had been disarmed and no longer had the right to uh, keep and bear arms, which is apparently what's uh, in the works right now in the United States. Well, it's true that they they were disarmed as far as firearms are concerned, but they could have met them with a baseball bat or something like. There could have been some sort of uh, weapon or just bare fists, anything, any any level of resistance would have really made the I think the uh, you know the SS or Germans or whoever it was that was doing that nastiness uh, think twice about what it was they were doing because then well, all of a sudden they'd be at risk. I just hope the United States and Canada don't get to the point where it's like Zimbabwe and nobody has the the wherewithal or the desire to even fight back. Well, that's. You know, yeah, well, that's why I think that the Free State Project is so important, because it's bringing liberty-minded people together to the same geographic location with the intention of having them resist these government so-called authorities. And, and I don't Without mean, violence. Yes, and I don't mean with violence. I mean peaceful evolution uh, with uh, media, getting uh, video footage out there, audio, putting it out there, putting out newspapers and printing up the word of freedom for people to see, because luckily it's not... Nazi Germany. We don't have to be the White Rose Society. We don't have to be surreptitious about our descent at this point in the game. And so we should shout it as loud as we possibly can, bring as many like-minded people together to the same place as we possibly can, as fast as possible. And I think we're going to see change occur. I think we're we're beginning, uh, we're on the sort of the outer cusp of it right now. And I think that if we continue gathering liberty-minded people together into this area, then the, the status will never get the foothold that they would need to go to a Zimbabwe situation or Nazi Germany or something like that. So I'm, I'm quite optimistic about the future of liberty, and I think that gathering uh, activists together is going to be the solution that we're looking for. Thank you for the call tonight, Bodie. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Regardless of what the, uh, the individual belief systems are of the activists, one of the greatest things about the Free State Project is evangelical Christians are literally working alongside of atheists, are working alongside of uh, Mormons, are working alongside of pantheists, and we're all getting along for the greater cause, and that greater cause is individual liberty, where we all understand that in order to be free, in order to have freedom for our lives, we have to respect others, others who have differ, uh, differing and divergent belief systems, allowing them, we have to respect their freedom and allow them to be free, allow our neighbors, honor our neighbors' choices, um, so they will in turn honor ours. And this is the message that I think is so critical that we get out there to the average, uh, to the average American to help them understand and help them grasp that and see what kind of benefits they could see in their lives from coming to uh, a real internal understanding of, the, of these ideas. I, I, for one, am optimistic, and I, I imagine you guys are as well, right? I wouldn't have moved for the Free State Project if I wasn't optimistic. I'm optimistic. I mean, things aren't going as fast as I would like, 
but they're going a heck of a lot better than had the Free State Project not been undertaken. Absolutely. Can you yeah. imagine how bad things would be up here if, if that were, weren't the case? I don't know that we've had a, the, the Free State Project has had a huge effect on New Hampshire at this point. Well, there have been some bills that they've had some effect on, mm-hmm. um, and at this point there are 650 movers, and I think that it's I think it's going to take you know uh, more than, obviously more than that will stop more things from happening. More than that will turn it around, and more than that will speed it down the road. That's all. Yeah, I'm, I for one am looking for the day when, uh, looking forward rather to the day when the statists are packing their stuff up, selling their houses, and moving the hell out of here because they've come to the conclusion that it's a, they're playing a losing game here, and they haven't gotten to that conclusion yet. Uh, they still they are thoroughly frustrated though. Oh, I they had, are frustrated. <laughs> I had one of the, the little lady who sponsored the seatbelt bill just blew up at me at the state house. Also, you can hear their frustration in the recent episode of the Talkback Calls, which you can grab at freekeen.com. 800-259-9231. So hopefully we'll see you here soon in New Hampshire, and you can join the fun. More coming up. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. Toll-free, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us if you like the show. And you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. As little as three bucks a month will do it. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board. You get access to perks like the Amp Only Call-In Lines, chat room, forum, and more. But the number one reason to amp is to get Free Talk Live into more ears around the country and around the world. Help us get on more radio stations, bring new internet listeners on board. And again, you get some perks too. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, get on board with PayPal or any major credit card or some of the alternative payment options. All there in detail at amp.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want. It's Steve in South Carolina. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Nick, and Mark. Hi, guys. I, uh, what really grinds my gears is the fact that man is born to die. And it seems that man does not want to take all of his knowledge and experience and believe that it's going to go back to dust, and he wants to believe that his soul will transcend or ascend uh, onto something greater. Yes. Um, It's a nice idea, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice idea, but when you come to the reality of it all, it's like, you know what? I don't care how smart you are. You can be an Albert Einstein, but you're going to go in the grave. Well, you're going to go in the grave, but uh, I don't know if there's necessarily proof that uh, the consciousness doesn't continue. I, I think that's up for question how? at without, this moment. Without, without energy and brain function and energy, it, it's not going to continue. I mean, how do you know that consciousness has anything to do with energy? Because we have to have energy to have conscious. The brain has to have... Be the brain living. requires uh, energy in order to work, but uh, what if consciousness is separate from your brain? Then why is, it, uh, why is it part of the brain? Because consciously we think, and thinking is several lobes of the brain, so if the brain is dead, then where is consciousness going to exist? 
Well, uh, we're, we're kind of in an interesting place right now uh, where science is just kind of digging into, from my understanding of this, uh, and it's certainly I'm sure there are people that know more than I, you're certainly welcome to call and comment, but uh, science is just now digging into the, uh, the area of exploring whether or not consciousness continues after the body and the brain have died. So, I mean, essentially it feels to you as though your consciousness is in your brain, uh, but perhaps that's just where the consciousness happens to reside while you're alive. If it's what would I mean, what would you say if science ended up proving that people that were having near death experiences where they where they are convinced that they have risen above the the uh, the bed that they are laying on and are looking down upon the room, they can see the people milling about, they can see their own body laying out on the, you know, the, the, the bed there. What what will happen if science runs the tests that they're planning on running, and that the uh, the the individual who's having that near death experience is able to identify very specific things that are placed at the bedside that uh, he would only be able to identify if he was at that sort of upper floating above the body out of body experience position. If they are able to confirm that uh, somehow the consciousness was able to exit the uh, the body for that short period of time what would that say to uh, all of what you believe to be true well then my only thought would be where is consciousness getting its energy if it's going to leave the body and you have the out-of-body experience there has to be energy because without energy i mean nothing's going to exist yeah, well that's and a, that's, a that's, a that that's a physical law and i mean obviously the people that believe that this is a, that it, the, the consciousness is part of uh, one soul or one spirit don't believe that it necessarily needs um you know power in the same way that you know things in the physical universe would that's so a, essentially it's based in non-physical is what you're getting at mark that it's sort of in a in an in absolute area that's not it doesn't have anything to do with physical reality necessarily that, well, i mean it could be it could be part of subspace but i mean there's energy everywhere and if the consciousness can actually um, funnel that energy to itself to keep itself existing, yeah, I can understand that. I mean, you know, then you come up with ghosts, you know, why are these apparitions still here after years and years and years? And I live in South Carolina, I live in Charleston, and, you know, it's all over the place. And I've lived in New Orleans as well, and there's a lot of belief systems about ghosts and people just kind of hanging around, and that is an energy, and I don't know where they are getting the energy, but I believe that the consciousness is existing. they just got a, a different source of energy than being inside the body. Um, yeah, I'm no is, scientist. I don't, I'm no scientist. I don't uh, deign to know anything about the technical aspects of these things, uh, but I'm just telling you that there's some initial, we read a story on the air, there's some initial uh, testing that is kind of pointing to the idea that consciousness may indeed continue after death. I'm going to play the skeptic because you can't test what happened to somebody who died and stayed dead. No, a but you can test experience the test somebody who wasn't really dead in any kind well, of permanent if, sense. If a person's rolled into an operating room in a comatic type state or you know some unconscious state, and then they pass away on that operating table, um, and then come back, and somebody asks them what was the pattern on the floor, uh, you know, was it a giant smiley face on the floor, or you know, not they wouldn't ask that question, but they say there's a giant smiley face on the floor, and there was a giant smiley face on the floor. And they keep on doing that consistently. These are people who are clinically like, that dead. Sounds, well, sounds like science to me. If they keep on doing it consistently, I mean, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence about near-death experiences. But sure there is. then what about the people who actually die? If, if people have souls and they continue after death, 
And what happens is your soul floats out of your body. What about the people who died, came back, and I didn't see anything? I was just out. Did they not well, have a soul? Like, Were they born without one? Were they defective? I, I don't know. The guff. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the point is maybe they didn't have a, enough of an understanding to grab an external source. I mean, that basically makes me think that the, the soul or the consciousness uh, has a means of which we don't understand when it's in the body to find a source of energy and continue on. I think it's pretty uh, certain that there's a lot we don't understand. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, certain of that. That's a good point there. The thing is, too, is another part was is that, you know, I feel that I've, I've repeated this life over and over again uh, to no avail. Uh, for some reason, you know, there's always the fork in the road, and I've come back with limited, very limited knowledge of, of what happened in the past, and you know, I've got the choices to make, and I'm like going, oh, you know what, I, the deja vu is so much that I feel that oh, I've, I've made the wrong decision again, so let's repeat hmm. until you get it right. I mean, I don't so know. So you, you, you feel as though you've lived this specific life, the life of Steve in yeah. South Carolina, or that you've lived various different differing lives? Uh, various different lives, and, yeah. and every one of them has come to the conclusion that I've picked the wrong road to the path, and uh, I've just got to figure out which one to pick to to come to. Is this part of the science of the mind thing, Mark? I'm curious because because uh, because this is kind of an interesting viewpoint that he's explaining here. The idea that you know you essentially you just you keep coming back, you learn uh, new lessons, and the idea is for you to choose, you know, free will, obviously, for you to make the the right choices to uh, to essentially uh, to move on to the next level. That sounds like Buddhism. Yeah, yeah, the ascension. Ascending so, to essentially uh, as godly, or, you know, godliness. Basically, is that the idea? Oh, I have, no, I have no clue. Just the ascension to a, a level of pure energy. Something okay, yeah, something something beyond what you are. It's an interesting viewpoint. Any other thoughts for us, Steve? Uh, no, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I do have to say, though, thinking about all these, not that I really buy into them, but when people seem to. A lot of people seem to assume or they come to the conclusion that there is some kind of purpose to life, whether we're living a bunch of lives or there's an afterlife mm -hmm. or something. But people assume that the game is rigged in a good way, as in if you make the right decisions, you go to heaven or you live another, a better life, you rise to a higher plane of existence. Mm -hmm. What if it's rigged in a bad way? I mean, not to play the, like a fatalist here, but who's to say that if there's a life after death, it's a good... I mean, people presume that, well, if there's life after death, it must be good. Well, there's plenty, what plenty of... Uh, what if we I all mean, go to hell? Look at, look at the Greeks and their belief in Hades. Uh, the Babylonians uh, had a belief in a, uh, you know, just afterlife sucked, essentially, all of it. Um, so, I mean, that's it's not, an un, it's not uncommon his, historically for people to believe but, that. But most of the people I've run into, the contemporary belief systems, anybody who has a belief system, I would say 99% of the belief systems out there are ones that people have accepted largely because it sounds good to them. And there aren't too many people out there who well, buy into... I'd say into, most uh, of them accept them because their mom and dad told them to. Yeah, yeah to some, but there aren't too many people out there who have some kind of macabre belief system. I don't think the belief system of there's this evil, hellish place out there awaiting you if you make the wrong choices is something that uh, people would accept just on their own if they weren't told uh, told it by their mothers. It's an awful belief system. In the idea Doesn't mean that, it's not correct. 
I mean, if you're if you're just making 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 your best guess it's about no, what happens after you die, it's well, just it's no, as good a guess. That's true. It is just as good. It's no less of a correct viewpoint than any other religious viewpoint. However, it's a disempowering, restricting viewpoint. Whereas there are some other options out there. Anyway, hour two's coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to jump here into the email box in moments, but I just wanted to continue the very tail end of the conversation we were having at the uh, the last at uh, the end of the last hour, where uh, Nick, you were talking about belief systems that uh, you were talking about when, if all religious belief systems are equal, as far as in that nobody really knows what the real story is, right? I mean, certainly uh, you know the atheists have their viewpoint, and that is you know belief in uh, that there is nothing out there, and then various different religious people have various different beliefs. Well, one uh, not necessarily being above the other. Atheists can believe in something, just not a god. Well, or they can an believe in themselves. When I was an atheist, yeah. I believed in myself. I, I mean, I. I suppose you could believe in an afterlife as an atheist if you're going to try to rationalize it based on that's just the way the universe is. No one planned it that way. You move to another dimension. Another dimension or I suppose something. you could. I, I yeah. never thought of uh, doing something like that yeah, as an atheist. Could, I can tell I guess, you that. But, uh, but not but, likely. But looking at religions as far as, okay, well, nobody really knows what the real story is. No one can claim to know for sure. Uh, you had you had brought up the the point about hell. Well, what if there is this hell that the that people are going to? You had uh, kind of threw that out there. It doesn't as, have to be hell, but just it could be not very nice, hell like place. Yeah, it the, could that just the be, next the next place that you would go into would be worse than the one. It could we're be like a nightmare in. instead of a nice dream. And certainly, it's as valid as any other viewpoint. However, it's a destructive viewpoint for people to hold. And uh, it's one that is well, that it's it's a viewpoint that has allowed man to control man for a long time, essentially, where, you know, the elders and mom and dad say, you better do this, this and this or else you're going to oh, go to the bad place. I wasn't even talking about a conditional hell where if you do the certain things, oh, on just the list, no matter what, just to, like, yeah, even maybe, you, like a lot of people have this idea that everybody in the afterlife, you get another shot or it's nice. Yeah. What if it's just dark, dreary <laughs> Like, not necessarily intense, but just a hell. Yeah, I think there's a, a Maltheists out there that uh, may believe something. Maltheists, that's interesting. I never heard that one. Yeah, you have. We did a show on it. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> they, that believe something like that. But, and it's, it, it, you know, it's been believed by different cultures. I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it's just adding. It's a downer. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Is it? I mean, I guess it could motivate you to enjoy life more. I suppose. I mean, for all we know, that's where we're going. So I, I think people should at least consider the possibility that. Either you're, there is no life after death, or well, it's not going to be very nice. If you're it's going, just as likely as if you're going, like you're on a train that's going to Albuquerque, um, and there's no getting off of the train to going to Albuquerque, you might as well assume Albuquerque is a nice place because when you get there. It's however it is. So I don't see any benefit, in, in, except unless you can be uh, one of these, you know, a, a scientist that uh, believes in tran- transhumanism, that maybe we can live forever. Therefore, you could somehow stop the train. Uh, but otherwise, you're going to Albuquerque, man, and Albuquerque is the way Albuquerque is. 
Yeah, it's pretty much what I was. I mean, yeah, it is. I I can see why people choose a positive belief system. I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't. It's not necessarily rational to just go. Well, if there's something after we die, it must be nice. That doesn't mean. Yeah, I don't know if there's much rational about a religious belief system. I mean, it's just something that uh, helps people. Story. Yeah, it just helps people live life, and I think that in many cases it hurts people. I think a lot of religious belief systems are very harmful to an individual and how they live their lives because, and as you well know, uh, a lot of religions are very restrictive as far as what you can do uh, in order to avoid going to the fire and brimstone place. And of course, that means that a lot of people are they're conflicted. You know, they feel as though they should be doing something but you know having sex before marriage or something like that and the religious viewpoint says no 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 uh jesus doesn't like that and so they end up being a feeling a feeling of conflict uh, through their life because well on one hand they've been told this story and then on the other hand they know what they feel like even, they should be doing and that's going to be a tough place to like be. telling uh, young men that uh, you know if you lust in your heart it's the same as fornicating and you're going to go to hell and then mm. so so you tell them that, you know masturbation, masturbation is bad yeah. Oh dear God! What what torment that must! I, it, I know it gave me torment as yeah. a young man, and I don't understand why people do that. And you know, it's just a belief system. I mean, why do why do they hide money underneath pillows for their kids I, I, when they lose teeth? I don't know. I mean, people just do what they do. So most, I think that most of the kind of standard Earth religions are very destructive in those ways. And that's one of the reasons why I like the pantheistic, uh, the pantheistic view, because there isn't any sort of judgmental system. And yes, it does have a positive view on what's coming next, uh, Nick, instead of this negative, negativeness for everybody. And, and certainly you're right. That's as valid a viewpoint. It's just that why subscribe to that one? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. We continue with your phone calls. <laughs> Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Jerk. Hello. Good, good evening. Hey, Frank. Frank. I wasn't this talking about you. This is my favorite was... area of discourse, The having a Ph.D. in comparative religions. Oh, okay. I view all religions as Max Weber did, the regimes of social control created by man for the benefit of men and women uh, to impose a regime of control. I believe and too. what's interesting about all religions... Do you mean organized religion? Because Organized of... religion. Okay. And it goes all the way back to ancient mystery Babylon, long before the existence of the Israelites of the Old Testament. And it also incorporates the uh, Egyptian religions and the notion that in order to maintain power, God could only uh, deal with someone in a distinct bloodline, the mm. king, and the king had to mediate between the people and God. And as the civilization became more and more complex, you had the rise of the priesthood that had to mediate between the people, God, and the king. And you have this, this invisible pyramid of social control with the all-seeing eye at the top being either God or uh, the priesthood that was to keep the masses in line when they're in their home, when no one is around, mm. you know. And what it does, it ruins the capability for our freedom and our freedom to the emancipated individuals that can pick and choose what they choose to believe. Absolutely. Having this discussion 600 years ago in Europe, I would have been burnt at the stake as a heretic. Mm. And in a sense, we have to realize that we have to be free to choose what we choose to believe. And I firmly believe this regarding the afterlife, uh, that in this universe, with the laws of physics that exist within this universe, we come from nothing, we exist, and we go back to nothing. And I think that's really it. It's the bell curve. We start off at zero, 
we have our peak, and then we go into decline, and then we end at zero again. And maybe our afterlife is just having the components of this body turn into the components of the worms and the soil and the bacterium that will, you know, involve themselves with another life form. It's the and I think that in itself <laughs> is our eternity. Our eternity is this existential moment now. And whether hell is the fiery furnace that goes back to the ancient uh, Egyptians, uh, or if hell is as John Paul Sartre uh, defined in his play, No Exit, hell is other people, then we've got it. This is our heaven, this is our hell. That I subscribe to completely. I I to go back to what I was saying before, Frank, about the idea yeah. of the religious person being controlled by his religious dogma yeah. and and you know being told that you need to do this, but feeling like you want to do this and, uh, and having those two feelings kind of clash with one another, that right. seems to be hell on earth to me, where you can't, where you don't feel the freedom to follow your own desires. That sounds Absolutely. like hell to me. And what I wanted to say, too, the reason why I called tonight, I called last week and mentioned that I foresaw the market collapsing anywhere from uh, 2 to 10% by the 9th and the 10th due to the fact that no one is buying our T-bills. That's right. I our recall Federal that. Reserve is buying the T-bill. We lost about 3.4% today on the Dow. And more so on the S&P. pretty bad. It was more on the S&P. I think it was near 5%, if I remember right. Yeah, well, it, that's exactly it. And ultimately, for me, this is hell. Having this profound insight... Understanding the market's not having any capital to profit by it. <laughs> Listen, good night. I Thank you, Frank. Always good hearing from you, sir. Interesting. His prediction sort of came that, true. That this definition of the mainline accent is what that is. I'm like Thurston Halvathor. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it. I, I yeah. don't know. I... He's lovely. Thank you, Frank. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, coming up here, Mark, you got an email from one of our younger listeners, and he's asking questions. The eternal question seems to be for high school age listeners about college. We'll get to that coming up here in moments, and we'll take your calls as well about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Whether it's the mundane or whatever it is you want to discuss, anything goes all the way up to you know the nature of the universe. We'll cover it all here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. And they include the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo, proof they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents, not just incorporation, patents, wills, trademarks, living trusts. Uh, you can, uh, excuse me, you can use code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. I've, I've used it to make a will myself, and, uh, you know, I, I really encourage you to do it. If you don't have a will and a living um, living will set up, then your loved ones are going to have to take care of that stuff after you are, aren't able to, and 
that's bad news. All right. LegalZoom.com. So we continue here uh, going into the email box. Mark, who do we have an email here from? This is uh, from Francisco. He uh, He's asked, I listen to you, Mark, I listen to you day in and day out and agree with your views about 50% of the time. <laughs> I'm a high school senior and I'm not sure what I should do about college. If anything, I'd like to attend Hillsdale College for computer sciences, but I'm not sure if leaving my life and my current job at a computer shop will help me. College is always pushed on us at school, and I'm not sure if I uh, should just work on computers and study for tech certifications on my own. I really need some direction, and I hope you can give me your opinion on what I should do or the opinion of Free Talk Live listeners. Um, so it, it's, uh, anyway, I, he's just basically asking the same story that you know so many people have going into college do i want to take on this tremendous debt that college is going to bring and i think the f- the first thing we need to do is throw out the question to our audience uh many of whom are in the technical field um i'm sure a number of them who have gone through college for this and a number of them probably haven't so it would be interesting to hear from those of you who are in the it or technical or computing field uh, to hear what your experience has been like, 800-259-9231, it would seem to me to be wasteful. Uh, unless the job that you specifically are looking for is going to require some sort of college diploma, it seems to me that the technical field, the computer tech field, is so rapidly changing that while you're sitting there studying things in college, the entire field is changing as you're already learning whatever it is the textbooks are trying to teach you at that point. I think you'd be far better off uh, getting certified in the areas in which you have the greatest interest. I don't know what it is in the... I mean, the computing world is so big. Vast. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what it is that he wants to do. I don't know if he wants to work as uh, you know a tech and uh, troubleshoot hardware. I don't know if he wants to do programming. I mean, even within uh, th- those two... Uh, even within the programming world, there are so many different subsets of knowledge that uh, that you can attain for yourself. Do you want to get certified in web design? Do you want to get certified in uh, PHP, JavaScript? I mean, all kinds of back-end coding stuff, uh, you, you know, Linux, uh, Windows. There, there's so much that you can learn and specialize in. So I guess you really need to, to think about, well, what area of computing is most interesting to you, and then look into what opportunities are available in that realm or how you could provide a service or product to the marketplace on your own and and uh, make a profit from that and look at the at figure all of that out and then determine whether or not you actually think going and sitting in a classroom for four years and having to pay for it as he rightfully pointed out is actually going to help you accomplish your goals i'm probably more friendly to college than you or mark are because just based on the conversations i've heard you have about it i think there are a lot of fields where it is useful the impression i get and it does depend on what you want to do but the impression i get from talking to tech guys is that that's not a field where college is necessarily the best investment i mean if there are particular um, programs or whatever specialty area of interest you have where you want to be certified i could see doing a, a certification doing a certificate program but I, I don't think that seems like a field to me where doing a four-year program is of any real use. It seems like a waste of time and money. Yes. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm going to be hiring someone to do a computing job for me, I want to know what they've got as far as experience is concerned. Uh, the certifications are certainly nice. They'll show you that the, these people probably know what it is they're talking about. I don't think I would, personally, I would not be impressed by a diploma. That doesn't really say much to me at all. That just says that, well, you know how to get through a college. What do you know about computers? 
Right. You know, um, I, I think that I think computers uh, are one of those areas that there's probably a, a certain little specialties in the computer f- computing field where a college degree is going to be useful. I'm not sure what those are. I don't know enough about them, but I would say that the vast, vast, vast majority of uh, careers inside uh, um, computers could probably or, or computer um, computer science degrees could have been. Uh, mimicked uh, even um, more quickly in the marketplace by getting a job and doing the stuff that it is that you wanted, you know, that you're looking to do, or the job beneath what it is that you're looking to do, and working your way up, getting the certifications and that kind of thing. I think that uh, I think I, you're right, and you're not going to walk out with this tremendous amount of debt. I, you know, just so many people do from college. Let's I think also, that there's certainly college is good for the doctors and the lawyers and the engineers out there, although. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure that the university necessarily is the best for, for those. I've, I've known uh, engineers that have gone through ITT and, you know, been paid really good and worked in really big companies, mm. and all they did was correspondence. Well, that's another – one of the other things you want to focus on and figure out in advance is, well, what kind of a career do you want? I mean, are you looking to get a job and work for somebody? Do you want to go work for Bill Gates or Steve Jobs at, at Apple or, or uh, Microsoft or Apple? And kind of work up through the ranks in the corporate world, or would you prefer to be a self-starter, an entrepreneur, offering you know your web design or technical support services or whatever services you're going to be offering to the marketplace at large and shopping yourself around and and being more of an entrepreneur? So I mean, if you're planning on doing a, more of an entrepreneurial thing, opening up your own shop or doing a consulting service or whatever it is that you're planning on doing. Then I would say you need even less to to have college. I mean, now I did have some friends from high school that went through a four year university and they did end up getting jobs at Microsoft. One of them is making six figures a year at my, working for Microsoft as a product manager. So there is something to be said for college probably being useful in some areas of the computing world. What those areas are, I am not sure, and how useful. I'm not sure about that either. I would say that I would prefer to go into my adult life. I think life. the drive is more important than the degree. I think, I think that's a factor. I, I think it's a huge factor. Uh, you know, being motivated is you know motivated to learn is is far more important than having the degree. I, you know, that's what my opinion is. I can't. I you know I don't have my friend on the phone lines to ask him. Well, what was it about your degree that helped you get this job at Microsoft? But what? I believe there was some sort of connection with the college that allowed him to kind of get an advice a piece of advice that came from jason osborne you know the, the major sponsor of the show from sickle cai it, i uh, that i think is that really resonates with me is that he said college is a great idea if somebody else is going to pay for it go and if yeah. you're going to pay for it do something you know do something, do something else, else. Uh, you know uh, now i obviously i if, if it's your dream to be a doctor i wouldn't recommend that you do something else i would recommend that you follow, follow whatever your, your dream Absolutely. because if you well, if you do something you love you never work a day in your life so th- that part but you know <laughs> if that's what you're going to want to do work hard in school that way somebody else is paying it whether it's a grant or whether that's it's that's a fair a, point a if someone's going to pay for you then you might as well unless you'd prefer to spend your time doing something else so 800-259-9231. I know that if I were my, if it were in my, uh, if I were in those shoes, I would want the money in my pocket, not the school. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam. All available for you free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And adameve.com has a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get seven, or excuse me, get 50% off with offer code FTL at adameve.com. That's adameve.com. Dot com. As we go to your phone calls here, we had an email come in uh, a few moments ago from Francisco who was asking sort of the age-old question about, well, should I go to college? And obviously you should do what you feel is right. A lot of people have had differing experiences when it comes to college. College has been a, an amazing success for some, and for others it has been an absolute waste of time and money. For me, it was a waste of time and money. Uh, I met some interesting people while I was there, but I would have met interesting people elsewhere if I'd gone and done something else with my time. So for me, I uh, wish I could take it back, personally. Uh, but a lot of people would look back on their college experience and say it was well worthwhile. And, and Mark, as you pointed out, Jason Osborne from SACL CAI suggested, I think was pretty a pretty common sense uh, good idea, and that is that, well, if you're looking at college and someone else is going to pay for it, like mom and dad, then... If you've got nothing better to do, you might as well go for it. Uh, but if you're going to be the one paying for it, then take a real critical look at whether or not uh, this is going to be worthwhile for you. Odds are it won't. Let's go to your thoughts, though, uh, specifically the IT trade, the technology sector, computers, that world. Francisco was looking for input from uh, from people as far as, or I was looking for inco- input for Francisco, from people in the in that particular realm. What was your experience? As we go to your phone calls, we'll talk to Bile in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Bile. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, so I've got a Bachelor's of Science from uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology, four-year engineering school um, in computer science. Okay. And... Uh, I'd say it really depends on what this kid wants to do. Uh, the more technical you get or the more towards the engineering side of things, the more likely you're going to need a, uh, a degree, at least a bachelor's, if not a master's. What would the engineering um, side of it entail? I mean, are you talking about building Chrome supercomputers, which, of course, is probably a slow old thing now at this point. But what are you talking about there exactly? So I'd say generally you, you've... The computer, the whole IT sector ranges from, you know, the guy that puts together the computer at your local Radio Shack all the way to the guy who actually, you know, is electrical engineer who is putting together the um, the the the, the um, transistors to put together a CPU. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the closer you get to the electrical engineering side, which mm-hmm. is what I sort of uh, my main focus was in college you're going to need college. Uh, if you're going to have your own business, do web hosting or things that are sort of less engineering, uh, more uh, service-based, then you're you're going to need less science. You're going to need less math. You're going to need less physics, less electrical engineering, um, less computer engineering. And you can just about anyone can pick those things up. And those things, I would say, you know, unless you want to go to school for the experience, eh, 
it's probably not worth it. Or like Jason Osborne said, if you can get someone else to pay for it. Um, I was. You guys going to say for job. the experience, you can find people to drink with you if you don't go to school. Right. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, I, you know, there's probably no experience quite like it, but I don't know that it's worth the uh, investment. I agree. I mean, if I, I was lucky enough to get um, probably three quarters of my college career paid through through grants primarily, go. and uh, the rest of it I was able to work for you know different companies uh, in the summer and pay off the rest. So you don't have a debt currently? No, I've never had school debt. How old oh, that's are excellent. you? <laughs> How old are you? Uh, Twenty-eight. Yeah. See, that's uh, a lot of people sitting at 28 right now still paying off that school Mm -hmm. debt. And it's not a place you want to be. My mentor in the radio business was in debt until his mid-30s. And Julia, my girlfriend, her dad, is uh, is he's like a permanent academic. He's in debt in his 50s. School debts. It's crazy. Who wants to live like that? And I have friends who, uh, you know, went to the same college, and I don't know that they're still in debt. They may be, but uh, you know, some of some of those people got double majors in like physics and computer science or math and physics, and so th- this was an engineering school. So it's it's more along the lines with the things that you guys even agree or require a degree. Uh, computer science was for sort of the lowest of the rung yeah. at that school. Hey, Bile, uh, here's a question for you. How about I mean, when you when you're talking to somebody who's a recruiter for a college and they're they're pitching all of the reasons why you're supposed to go to college, one of the ones you hear a lot is. Well, you make lifelong friendships. These are uh, this is a networking opportunity. You're going to know these people for the rest of your life, and blah blah blah. Uh, looking back on your experience in college and where you are today, you mentioned some of your old college buddies, but you said you didn't really know where uh, you know what their status was. How true is that statement? I mean, how helpful was the networking aspect of college in your current life? For me, uh, it was absolutely essential. Actually, I mean, I don't. Uh, what I was saying is, I don't know where they're at in their debt. But the, my friends I see all the time, and they're, they're from college. I don't know anyone, uh, or I don't really associate with anyone but my college friends. Hmm. Uh, but besides that, my very first job out of school actually was is uh, one of my best friends' uh, father. He tried to recruit me when I was a sophomore out of school, and this was during the, the, the uh, dot-com bubble. So there was a lot of people being pulled from colleges, mm-hmm. but I was smart enough to say no because I would have – been half of half a degree and and sort of stuck probably without a job shortly thereafter mm-hmm. um but that got me into wall street and that's where i'm still at i work on wall street as a computer programmer and if it wasn't for the connections i made uh and of course i went to school near new york city and that helped too but uh if it wasn't for those connections that i don't know where i'd be at this moment yeah i've heard uh, i've heard people say that as far as the um the, the networking goes is don't go to university of florida if you plan on moving out to california um so i mean geographically you would want if you wanted to do something like that you would want to stay uh you know somewhere near the university and mm-hmm. that makes some sense however life tends to to, to throw curveballs and i you know, if I were to have gone to school, I would have done it in Florida, and I live in New Hampshire now, and that would be largely a waste of my time. You know, in that yeah, in that respect, well, it, it really depends. The computer science field, because it's the computer and you've got the internet, you've got a lot of flexibility in terms of your networks, and people do travel all over the place. But you tend to stay; it's easier to stay in contact. So I know people in California that I used to work for during the dot com era that I have 
connections with if I ever needed to get in contact with them. And, uh, you know, people move all over the place. It's not so much though, though colleges have connections to industry. Like the school I went to, I think, had connections with um, a couple places on Wall Street. They had connections with, like, IBM and a few places uh, because they do a lot of the, the – they will go straight to the colleges for recruiting. But that's not the best part. You shouldn't go to a school unless it's like an Ivy League or, you know, Columbia. Those those guys have really strong connections. That and, you might and, they're likely getting, of. and they're likely getting uh, grants and it getting paid for if they're, you know, making it into those schools, right? True, yes. And and But the connections that you can get from the fellow students and the teachers sort of tangential to all that yep. is, I think, better because – not, you, you, you're making personal connections, not business connections, and the personal connections can be easily become uh, business connections. Right, and, and I would like to point out that uh, I, you know, I've in my personal life and in my business life, I have made connections, and in the four years that I would have been in college, I was working. So, uh, you know, I've got business and personal connections, places that I could go get. I could ring ring the telephone tomorrow and uh, you know get a job, get a job yeah. wherever you know. Wh- so you're saying that you've got connections without having to spend a bunch of money at a college, right? So I. I, I, I think that it's you'll get them. Um, I just don't know how you know, and likely they'll be pretty good because they're in college for a degree. But I still think that Jason's uh, Osborne's advice, which is get it paid for by somebody else or don't go. How do you feel about that, Bile? Uh, if you can get it paid for, great. Thanks for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You bring up what you want. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And again, that's freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? You can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, they've got dozens of categories in which to shop, including used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can do that at Amazon. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. Again, amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, just, I guess, a few more thoughts on the uh, the question uh, that we got from Francisco asking about college. You know, he's a uh, young man. He's getting ready to graduate high school. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure when you're in the governmental high school system to move on to the next step and to go to college. And, of course, the college industry has a real vested interest in uh, making sure that there's a lot of buzz surrounding college when you're in high school. They've got the college night that they that they put on in the auditorium or the, the gymnasium where the kids come out and they get pitched to from the various different colleges. And who's who's at college night pitching, hey, kids, don't go to college? I mean, when you're when you're in the government high sure, school, there's no money to be made in doing that. Right. When you're in the government high school system, it's college, college, college. You're going to be a loser if you don't go to college. But let's look at Bill Gates. I mean, it's just one example of somebody who's had some real success in the techno, uh, technological sector in the computer field, 
And he didn't graduate college. Now, he did go to college, but he dropped out, I believe, midstream and went and essentially started Microsoft in, in his, his garage or something like that. I don't know if they have all the facts exactly straight, but that's my understanding of the story. Did you go to I mean, you didn't graduate, as I understand. I it, did, know. actually. I graduated oh, from. Uh, yep, I have an associate's in radio and television broadcasting. Right, and they'll sell that thing to you all day long, <laughs> that, uh, that broadcasting degree. And it's just. Boy, was it crap. It was just useless. Uh, I had to unlearn a lot of the things I actually learned. The, the only class that I took. The, in the two years that I was there, that really had anything to do with radio was pronunciation. Oh no, what was it called? It was it was like an enunciative kind of class, mm-hmm. uh, voice and diction. That's what it was called, voice and diction. And it was the stuff that I learned in that class that I had to unlearn. Yeah. Essentially, they, they, when I actually got into the real world. Uh, and I was already in the real world. I've been interning at a radio station since I was 17. I uh, got my first radio job, paid job at 18. So before I was even really in co- college, I already had a paying job in the industry. And so when I took some of the things I learned in college into the production room at the radio station, the production guy basically took me aside and said, look, this isn't how you do it. <laughs> So the stuff they taught me about how to enunciate and, and stuff like that in college was just garbage. Yeah. And that was the only class in two years that was remotely related to radio broadcasting. The other stuff that was uh, maybe even close to media was film and intro to film and television, history of film. I mean, there were some TV-ish related classes that I took, but there was nothing Communications else. Communications degrees, liberal arts degrees. I mean, it's just so many of these garbage degrees that are out there that yeah. people take that it just doesn't make any sense at all. So, yes, I, I did graduate college, but what has it done for me? Nothing. Just siphoned off uh, some of my money and some of my time when I was younger. It put me at risk of crashing my car when I was driving to school. I remember a couple times driving to school, I was falling asleep because I was working two jobs and going to school all at the same time. I could have been doing better for myself not going to school at all. But, again, maybe it is right for you. All I'm saying is that when you're in high school, it can seem like... Right. You have to it go to college. Nec- it shouldn't be the default course, is what uh, my you know opinion has always been. Is that you know, a lot of people just really believe? Look, you go to uh, if you want to be anything in life, you go to high school and then you go to college, and it's just not so. If you know, if you it's got brilliant drive, propaganda. I mean, it's just like yeah. saying, well, if you love your girlfriend, you have to buy her a diamond. Yeah, it's it's as effective propaganda as the diamond propaganda. Yep. And while there is some truth to some college instances, uh, as, as far as people using it to be successful, there certainly are the success stories. What about all of the people? What is it, 90-something percent I've heard these numbers? Like 90% of people that get out of college don't actually end up getting a job in the de- the area in which they got a college degree? Yeah, they work at the video store well, or, or, or managing a, a restaurant Some of them may, may go on to real careers um, with, you know, having a psychology degree or whatever it is that they've gotten. But then, you know, you've really got to ask, what did that degree do for you besides some sort of ethereal thing that you can't pin down? How did it get you there? I mean, there, there are certain jobs in career fields where you are essentially anyone who's going to hire you is going to require a college degree. So I can understand That's that. That's true. But beyond that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what good it necessarily it, does you if you've got drive and intelligence. It may be that um, the, the people that are going to uh, look for that position, you have to have a um, college degree. And usually the more corporate um, atmosphere, the more likely, more likely that is to be the case. I also would try to steer you away from a, a corporate job. I, you know, I, having worked at Clear Channel... 
you know, you're just you're not a human to the the people who you're are the a main resource. Office. Yeah, that's exactly what you are. So I try to steer you away from that. But even if that's what you're going to want to do, a lot of corporations will make concessions for employees who are uh, you know working there so get the job beneath the one you want a lot work of corporations will years. pay for college right. if that's what's required work work there for four years or whatever have them pay for college there's several all i'm saying is college for people that are getting it for free that's i think that that's a good rule i'm not saying it's a, yeah. a hard and fast rule but for people you know it's a, it's a good rule so 800-259-9231, that is the number for you to bring up what you want. Uh, not to say that my time at Clear Channel wasn't valuable. I did obviously learn, that's where I learned the ropes of the business. I think there's some value to going in and working in the corporate world, at least for a short time, you know, while you learn some skills or while you build up some capital with which you can go out, out and strike out on your own. I'm glad I don't currently work for Clear Channel. I like the position I'm in now where Clear Channel stations are picking up my show and I don't have to you know, beg and plead any general manager or something like somebody. Nobody at Clear Channel is holding an axe over my head uh, at this point, whereas I worked there for six years and then one day they decided that my position wasn't necessary anymore. So I got called in and given the opportunity to take a four-week severance package and uh, be on my merry way. And I did that, of course, and, and that left me with a wide-open uh, menu of opportunities with which I could do whatever it is I, I wanted to, and I continue doing Free Talk Live, obviously, and here we are today. Uh, but, you know, being in the corporate world, there's some benefit to it, I think, in, in certain uh, some instances. But I didn't need that, car- uh, that, that degree to get that job at Clear Channel. I can tell you that for certain. You, well, yeah, because you had the job at Clear Channel before you got the degree. Exactly. All right. So 800-259-9231. So, again, I think it all depends. I think Mark's uh, or Jason's suggestion is really great that if you can get it for free, okay, well, you might as well. Um, and if you look at what it is that you want to do, what it, what kind of a career you want to create for yourself, and it requires some level of technical expertise you can't get anywhere else, as Bio was suggesting, if you're really getting down to the real uh, d- d- technical details of certain computer, I guess certain in- portions of the computer industry, then yeah, you probably are going to have to go to college for those things. But without taking a real critical look at what it is that you want for your life, if you haven't made those decisions for yourself, I say stay out. Stay out until you've figured out what it is that you want, until you've determined if what you want can only be gained through going through the college system. And, of course, we'd love your experiences if you are in the IT sector or, or just in general. Perhaps you just want to share your experience with going to college or not going to college and how you believe it impacted or did not impact your current level of success. would love for you to share your story uh, because everybody's got one. I'm sure our younger listeners like Francisco will appreciate your experience, and hopefully they'll learn from it. We continue with your calls in the meantime about what you want. Mark in Indianapolis, or rather Indiana, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Not much. Uh, On the current topic, I was wanting to change topics here in a minute, but on the current topic, I got out of school and, uh, well, really last May, but officially this December, and I, I haven't been able to find anything. I've had like 10, 15, 20 interviews. Just haven't. You know, found the right job. I got my bachelor's degree, and I'm taking more classes now, like certification classes. Mm-hmm. Along with uh, even studying, I think it's pretty bad the way the economy is at, where someone, you know, like me, that should be able to find a decent job in a decent field. I'm studying for the either GRE, well, both GRE and GMAT right now, which is the, um, you know, the test for the uh, MBA program or just a master's. I don't know. I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> okay, yeah. 
But, um, yeah, this is, a, you know, what I see from the sign of a bad economy. I was wanting to mainly call about the, um, the guest you guys had on Saturday night, that congressman. Yes, uh, we had some uh, one of the representatives from here in New Hampshire in regards to the secession or the drawing a line in the sand bill. We'll come back to you, Mark. If you'll hang on, we'll bring you back after the news. You can get into your topic at that point. More with Mark and your calls as well at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one plus. Looks like police uh, mistook a twelve year old for a prostitute. We'll see what that's all about here in moments. It didn't turn out too well for the twelve year old. Hour 3 is coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Going right back into your phone calls about whatever you want. We go back to Mark in Indiana. Mark, you're back on Free Talk Live. Uh, you just barely had a chance to get into your topic. So go ahead, sir. Yeah, I was wanting to comment on the um, the congressman that called the kind of the end of the conversation when you guys were interviewing him Saturday night. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you ask him how serious that piece of legislation is, the HCR six. Yeah, yeah, this is a piece of legislation for those that are not aware. Uh, New Hampshire and actually a handful of other states are looking at. Uh, essentially drawing a line in the sand, not officially, just as a kind of a resolution where the state government people are basically saying to the feds, hey, look, if you do this, 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 and this, and one, a few of the things were create a, a draft or a national service program or what was one of the gun, uh, more gun regulations, there's a handful of things that were listed. If you cross one of these lines, then we're going to nullify our agreement with you, which essentially basically says we're going to secede. So it was a pretty exciting thing. A lot of people were talking about it, and uh, clearly you wanted to comment. So go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I just think it's, uh, he's, he's awfully quick to kind of laugh at that. I know they're just bringing it up as just an idea, but it, it's really almost, I mean, I'm all for that, but, this should have been done a long time ago. You know, as far as general tyranny goes, the U.S. has been going way downhill in the last probably 100 years. You know, you can make time, you know, time arrangements there like in the 30s, 50s, 70s. But, um, it's, yeah, most people don't even think about when you bring up the idea, you know, they're just like stunned. They're like, what's the problem? And you're like, look around. Everything's a problem, you know? You're talking about when you bring up the idea of secession? Yeah, fully seceding, like states actually becoming their own sovereign countries. And there's there's a lot that can go along with this. I mean, the state wouldn't have to technically, you know, secede all the way. They could still have some kind of, like, I think, Mark, you were talking about some kind of NATO alliance with the U.S. military mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't know, trade issues or whatever. But that's how the, this country started out. States were more they were treated more like countries than they were now. And the federal government didn't have so much control over them. You know, I can see your frustration, Mark, as far as why it is that people haven't done this yet. Why is it that it's 2009 and now finally state governments are are going ahead and lining up and actually, you know, possibly going to take a uh, to make a move on this? Uh, I can I can understand your frustration, but I would say that it it just has to do with the fact that people are just so effectively indoctrinated 
to believe that, well, the United States is the greatest country that has ever existed uh, heretofore. And that, it may uh, very well be true. I don't know. but And uh, that it's wonderful and that we live in the best country in the world. Best, and that, sure, there are some problems. doesn't indicate good. Sure, there are some problems. But, uh, hey, why are you trying to break up the party? What's going on? Why would you want to yeah. why would you want to end all the, you know, the, the union? What are you, a quitter? I mean, who knows what uh, what all the mentality is. But I think it's some level of, of nationalism and, and state worship that keeps people on board. And even this, you know, even this representative that was on the phone with us when I actually, as you mentioned, when I brought up real secession, not just some some uh, essentially a resolution which has no binding uh, power whatsoever. When I brought up real secession, he backed away from that like it was a hot iron. And yep. uh, and it just gives it just goes to show you that politicians are not courageous. They well, by def- he, definition. He, you asked if you he thought that they, you would see secession sometime coming up, and he said no. I, I think would uh, even if he would like to see it, I think he's being a political realist, and that if it would, were an up-down vote to come to the New Hampshire State House any time w- with the people that are in there right now during this next biennium, it's it would not pass. I, mean, I don't care b- if it b- barring pass. some unforeseen. It doesn't Serious matter to event. me if it passes or not. What matters is that somebody introduced the idea so people can yep. really talk about it. I mean, this this HTR 6, this resolution, is eh, it's a step in the right direction, but it's, again, non-binding. It doesn't really mean that much. Uh, maybe it'll be a first step in a, in a series of many, perhaps. Uh, perhaps we'll find some politicians who are willing to, to dredge up some level of courage or, or appear to have some kind of spine. But I wouldn't expect that from them because, again, they're politicians. And politicians, even the ones here in New Hampshire, even the ones that only work for 100 bucks a year in the uh, the state legislature, maybe it's 200 now, but whatever it is, it's not very much. It's 100 a year, 200 for, for the, the two-year term. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the Senate has real pay. So even those who are willing to work for you know for peanuts, uh, they, so they're not as politicky as most politicians. They still play by the same rules in that they're looking to please as many people as possible so they can get reelected, and they just don't believe that secession is a pleasing kind of position to people. And if that could change, if they could feel as though there was some sort of groundswell, a real serious level of support for the idea of secession, then you'd probably start to see politicians jump on board because politicians are the kinds of people that will find a parade and then run out in front of it and pretend like they've been there the entire time. So if you can create that parade for secession, then I think we'll get somewhere. But right now that parade doesn't exist. Yeah, I think uh, it's somewhat inevitable. I mean, the way that, you know, Besides our deficit and the amount of laws, and you know that with the recession now, I mean this bailout they're doing, things are just going to get worse. I don't see how they can get better. I hear people saying, "How how can they get better?" Oh, I agree with you. I mean, it's it's the prudent thing to do. And then I'm like, "How? Explain how?" I'm like, "How can you put you know several trillion dollars in the economy? You got to think that money's got to start from somewhere. If it's not taxes or tax money shifting around, it's the Federal Reserve putting money out of thin air." And um. You know, there's going to be, I have a feeling, and this has nothing to do with, you know, Alex Jones or conspiracy radio, that there's going to be like mass, you know, riots and protests in the next several years. And the few rational people left out, they're going to go, you know, it's over, you know. I, I'm with you. All of those things are, are very realistic possibilities. The economy is just going to keep getting worse as they continue to just run the printing presses. And the, the federal government cannot last forever. No government has. And so they may be on their right. last days. It, 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 people may not uh, want to look at it. They not, may not imagine. But the fact is, all the major governments have failed. I, the, the only ones that you can really point out are perhaps tribal leadership types that are still going on and 
Papua New Guinea. But other than that, all great civilizations have fallen. And I imagine that they fell without people knowing that it was going to happen the day before it happened. Right. Yeah, and it probably was always messy, too. So it would be prudent for somebody to, for a state to secede now before the S really hits the fan on a national scale and really start to rebuild their economy from, uh, from without having the feds overarching everything. Unfortunately, people aren't motivated to do it now. Until it gets really bad, right. right? Right. So that's why I say that we need that parade. We need that secession parade so, you know, some politicians can run out in front and pretend like they were there the whole time. I think independence might be a better word. Whatever you want. Have like a kind of a domino effect, you know, one state starts, so. then it's done from there right well right right because once one state has success with secession then it's a proof of concept and the other people that are around the country that have been thinking about secession and dreaming about secession will actually see that oh my gosh those new hampshire people got away with it and the feds didn't roll in tanks what are we waiting for let's do that out here in texas or california or hawaii or wherever it ends up being whoever goes first i wish them the the uh, the more power to them the best of luck i hope it happens sooner rather Rather than later, but uh, but I, I think until we get that groundswell of support, it, it's not going to happen anywhere. Right now, all you've got, as far as secession is concerned, are some very minuscule-sized movements in a handful of states that get together once a year for the Middlebury Institute's secession conference. They uh, academically get together and they talk about how great secession would be, but what have they actually done to move move ahead with that agenda? I don't know. I haven't gone to the uh, the conferences. I was in jail for the last one, so I, I couldn't make it out. Uh, but I think that if we do get enough liberty-loving people together, for instance, here in New Hampshire, and people start talking about that, and the buzz starts, and it starts, people around town start talking about it. People are talking about it at dinner, dinner parties, and get-togethers, and office occasions, and and it becomes a real topic of conversation. I think at that point it beca- it can become a reality. But at this point, I don't think enough people are even aware that it's uh, it it could even be possible. You bring it up to people, and they're just going to blow it off. They'll get afraid. They'll yep. believe that it'll be like the Civil War. They'll right. believe that I talked about it, uh, you know, on the the uh, the morning show around here at one point, and uh, the liberal one or the the the, other guy, the conservative one, uh, Dan's show. He, uh, you know, basically said, "Well, that doesn't, uh, you know, we we wouldn't be able to get money for roads. What (laughs) roads? What we wouldn't be giving money away? Right? This is (laughs) there would be no income tax. New Hampshire's a donor state. We're giving more money to the federal government than we're getting back. Any other thoughts, Mark? No, that's about it. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it." 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. I think time is of the essence here. I, obviously, the federal government could continue on for another three decades. Who knows how long it will go on? Or it could crumble tomorrow. I mean, we don't know. They didn't know when this uh, Soviet Union was going to fall apart. They didn't know when the Berlin Wall was going to come down. They didn't know these things necessarily right before they occurred. So I think that's why people really need to have a sense of urgency. And if you're somebody who is involved with the Free State Project, move up your plans. Get here as quickly as you possibly can. Time is of the essence. 800-259-9231. Coming up, we'll give you an update on the Liberty Forum. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page. Going back for an entire year, free for you at freetalklive.com. The America's legendary sports car classic runs Saturday, March the 21st at Sebring International Raceway, the mobile 
Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida features the fastest race cars in the world. Gates open Wednesday, March the 18th for four days of fun and excitement, culminating with the big 12-hour classic on Saturday, March the 21st. For ticket information, visit SebringRaceway.com. Sebring, the biggest sports car race of them all, SebringRaceway.com. So we go to our phone calls here. That's what the show's about. Let's talk to Chris in New Hampshire. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. I believe this is uh, Chris Lawless, organizer of the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Otherwise known as Dripa. That's for you, Mark. Thank you. Excellent. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Always good having you on. You're keeping us in the loop, keeping us up to date with the latest on the 2009 Liberty Forum, which is now, what, three or four weeks away? We're not far out, are we? we got like 23 days away. It's pretty exciting. Uh, it's going to be another huge success, I'm sure, as the last two were. Uh, it's happening at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua over a weekend, March 5th through the 8th. All kinds of things going on, panel discussions, uh, speeches, dinners, luncheons, after-hours parties. It's a blast. It's the biggest liberty-oriented convention you probably will ever attend. It's got hundreds of liberty-minded people attending it. Uh, many of them are already in New Hampshire, many of whom are also, uh, many people are also considering moving to New Hampshire. And uh, there, of course, the, the guest list continues to grow with big names in the liberty movement like Glenn Jacobs. You might know him as WWE's Kane. Dr. Mary Ruart is going to be there. She's one of the keynote speakers, uh, as you announced last week on this show. Also, another keynoter is Richard Heller from the Heller versus D.C. gun case and so many others. Uh, it's going to be hard in some cases, Chris, to actually choose what to go and see because many of these sessions are happening concurrently. Uh, but you've called tonight to give us another update. So what's happening? I wanted to give you guys the exclusive. Um, I just talked to our closing speaker today. He confirmed he's 100% in, and I think it's going to be one of those closing speeches that people don't want to miss. Mm. It's uh, Stefan Molyneux from Free Domain Radio. Stefan Molyneux, uh, we've had him on the show on Free Talk Live. Those who missed the archive can go to guests.freetalklive.com and grab it there. You can tell that uh, Stefan is somebody who is stirring it up. He is a man who is effective at what he does. Uh, he's gotten some major news coverage recently for his show, Free Domain Radio where essentially the mainstream media is accusing him of being a cult leader. So you know that when you're being accused of being a cult leader, you're making a difference. I think uh, Stefan is doing some uh, some pretty interesting work out there, and uh, he is one of the biggest... The, the, one of the biggest voices for liberty on the internet I, th- that I think is out there, freedomainradio.com. So, uh, and it's, it'll be interesting too because he's a fairly apolitical guy. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to say for the Free State Project. Yeah, he, um, you know, we've had some good conversations, and he actually is going to try to come out for the whole thing because he wants to meet all of us. Great. He knows many of you know his listeners and watchers are are you know us. So he's very interested. So he might come for the whole weekend to check things out and meet us all. That's pretty exciting, uh, because when we've had him on the show in the past, we've had discussions with him. In the past, he didn't really know what the Free State Project was. He was under the impression that it was only a political movement and that it was just for people to you know, run for office and, and that kind of thing. And certainly, there are a lot of people within the Free State Project that are interested in that. Uh, I believe you're one of them, Chris. But uh, there, So there's a lot of political activity here in New Hampshire as a result of the Free State Project. But it, that's not all the Free State Project is about. The Statement of Intent for the Free State Project says that you believe the maximum role of government is the protection of life, liberty, and property. So somebody like a Stefan Molnieu, who does not believe in any uh, coercive government whatsoever, would find a home in the, in the Free State Project. 
And so he's kind of, I believe he's come around to understand the Free State Project is much more than just a political movement. It is really a, a movement, a wide-ranging movement of liberty-loving people from all walks of life and all sort of belief systems within the liberty umbrella. And I'm glad to see that he's coming on board at least to, uh, at least to speak at the event. That's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I also spoke with uh, Dick Heller last night, and he actually is going to spend a week up here. Um, he's going to get, end up going to Taproom Tuesday. Oh, week cool. After, so he's going to spend a, a lot of time up here, and he's you know very interested in what everyone's doing, the socially, not just politically, but he's very interested in how we've come out, become a community here in New Hampshire. So. Fantastic. Um, be up there all week. So does so, that kind of I, round out everything? Are, are there still uh, – is there anything to be announced at this point, Chris, or have you nailed it all down? I have actually nailed it all down. There's one I haven't announced, but it's not a huge name. We do have someone who might be talking about alternative um, currencies. And I do have one – I was going to leave it to a surprise, but it's Free Talk Live, so I can tell you guys. We're probably going to have something on Sunday where – we're going to allow anyone who wants to get up and speak on any topic for 10 minutes. It's your stage. Hmm. That's interesting. So we're going to let people sign up on when they show up to registration. There'll be a sign-up sheet. So get there early, and the floor is yours. You want to talk about, you know, lizard people? Here's your <laughs> 10 minutes. Talk about lizard people. So Excellent. it's going to be open mic, so to speak. Neat. I nice. think that'll go. I, I think that'll be interesting. Oh, it's, I like experimental things, and maybe it'll bomb out completely, or it could be one of the best things from the entire weekend. Only time will tell, I suppose. Right. And uh, you probably still have a lot on your hands as far as getting all the organizational things taken care of. Are you still looking for people to fill volunteer positions or anything like that, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. If people are interested in volunteering, um, they can email libertyforum at freestateproject.org. Mm-hmm. We'll give them a substantial discount. Um, the one that they'll really like. Hint. So email me. We'll hook you up. Um, we want students to come. We want If you can only come for a day, sign up for the day. If you can only come for a dinner, but definitely go and feel the excitement at this thing. They're amazing. Yeah, you don't want to miss this. It, it was uh, great the last two years. This is the third year. It's, uh, again, happening the first weekend in March. Go and get all the details at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And if you want a 10% discount, you can use our discount code, which is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. Big names, all kinds of people, liberty lovers all over the place, all weekend long here in New Hampshire. Great excuse to come up here and be with some of these people, many of whom you hear calling this show. A lot of the names we talk about, uh, a lot of the activists here in New Hampshire, they're going to be there. Uh, you'll be able to network with them. You'll be able to check out New Hampshire and have a blast while you're at it. It is a great time. I highly recommend it. And of course, Free Talk Live will be there broadcasting live. Chris, will we be doing emceeing this year of Free Talk Live? Say that again. Will I, we be emceeing? Will we, we be uh, introducing oh, them on the spot, Mark? Speakers, I'm asking him. Yes, um, I have, you know, to give you, as people may or may not know, that there will be a thing called Media in New Hampshire, which I'm hoping you guys will, of course, be on. And there are certain people that I would like you guys to introduce an MC. Absolutely. I haven't emailed you guys in particulars, but there's certainly certain people I'd like you guys to both introduce. Well, we're available for it if you wish. Thank you. Great, Chris. Thanks for the update tonight. And right. we'll Thanks. look forward to seeing you in March at the Liberty Forum. Thanks for the call. 
800-259-9231. So there you go. Uh, the Stefan Molnu fans. Freedomainradio.com is his website. He's he's big on the internet. He's uh, <laughs> it's a, you know, and he does some good stuff. I really enjoy what I see. Uh, a brilliant man, brilliant philosopher, and it'll be a real great time, I think, to have him at the forums. It'll be interesting, uh, to, especially to end things on Sunday with that. So, and again, there are the a la carte packages. So if you can only make, if you're a big Stefan fan, you only want to come up for the Sunday thing. You can do that. You can get the, the a la carte uh, versions over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. More coming up here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, 12-year-old mistaken for a prostitute. What did the cops do to her? We'll explain here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features, by the way, include live streams, broadband, dial-up, webcam, all totally free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And since we were talking about uh, Stefan Molnu, I should mention the Liberty Radio Network. That's one of the ways you can hear Stefan's show. Uh, and it's up there as well as, a, what, eight or nine other shows? In fact, I'm looking at a handful of new shows here that people have been telling me about that uh, that they want added to the Liberty Radio Network stream, and I'll probably be pu- putting at least one or two of them into the loop within the next few days. You can go to libertyradionetwork.com to get more about that. I've just created an updates list that'll uh, be a good way for you to kind of keep up to date on what's going on with the Liberty Radio Network. You can get all that at libertyradionetwork.com. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. Let's talk to the Christian Stoner. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to mention how marijuana is in the Bible. How so? Uh, well, I've been listening for about six months, and I uh, just haven't heard you guys mention it. It's mentioned about five times in the Bible, actually. Under what name? Um, well, the most significant to me, what actually got me to start using cannabis, it's actually in uh, Exodus 30, verse 22, starting there, where it's talking about the anointing oil. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, cannabis is one of the ingredients. It uses six pounds in, in the anointing oil that's used for the priest. <laughs> six pounds of marijuana? Yeah, I can read the specific verse. Yeah, I, uh, I think I need to hear that. Yeah. You know, normally I don't really care too much for Bible verses, but I'd like to hear this as well, so go right ahead. All right, it's Exodus 30, and... And the priest said, unwrap the bale, pull it apart carefully, separate out the seeds. Go ahead, give it to me. All right. Exodus thirty twenty three. Take also for yourself the finest of spices, of flowing myrrh, 500 shekels, of fragrant cinnamon, half as much, 250, and of fragrant cane, 250. Now that right there, that's the translation that they have for You're cannabis. saying cane was supposed to be cannabis? Well, it's split up into two words, fragrant cane. And what I actually have is the study Bible. And if you go back to the the Hebrew words, cane is 
Americana, which stands for reed or hemp. And then the uh, fragrant or aromatic means is bosom. So if you combine the two, it's cane bosom. Interesting. I, it's very very intriguing. I think that you, you might be just better off going with the phrase, as someone has uh, cited before on this show, and I don't know why. Yeah, I'm not a Bible guy, so I don't know where exactly it is, but essentially it's where God says, uh, hey, I put all these plants here for you. How about that one? That kind of justifies it, doesn't it? Well, this is the actual word. Yeah, it's, it's very intriguing. Mark, your thoughts as the uh, they, local they, expert. They've done a, a, a word study, um, and they've traced it back. This is the, I believe you, man. You know, it out when you're talking about three thousand year old uh, Hebrew, you're basically saying that it, you know, it says anything I want it to say. I mean, if I if I said that that meant fruity pebbles, then that's what it would mean. Well, and that's fine. Too. It, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm all. I believe God made cannabis, and I believe that they've, you know, used it all over. I'm not sure if the Hebrews did or not. Um, well, for all kinds of things. What they used it for, and what they used it for, it was for the priests, for the. Uh, the uh, holy anointing oil they poured it all over themselves before they went into the that doesn't uh, sound like much fun <laughs> into the holy uh, holy place you know in the sanctuary and they, they would burn the marijuana as incense also hey man you know whatever you need to do to justify your belief <laughs> system I am all in favor of it I don't think that well uh, I just think a lot of Christians should know that it's in their Bible interesting I think, I think you've got a tough row to hoe in trying to convince Christians that uh, can, uh, cannabosus uh, is cannabis and that, that's well, exactly it's, it's the same can, thing it's cannabosum and it's uh, cannabis come on Mark pay it's attention plural it's so, so why? But why not? I agree with Mark, though. That's going to be a tough uh, job to convince other Christians who might be, say, drug warrior types well, about I, that. I can tell you that where it got mistranslated, it got mistranslated in the Septuagint. Right. Well, they're going to have I'm to believe not you. Not a lot. Not real familiar with the old Septuagint, but uh, I, maybe I've heard the word before. Anyway, the fact is, they don't even the, the Christians don't care. Uh, large by and large, they go to church on Sundays. They listen to the, the what the preacher says. So you you've got to you start your own religion, man. Well, it it made a difference to me. It, it got me started. How, I, how did that happen for you? Even, what was well, your I story? Even, uh, I hadn't even seen drugs before that. Mm-hmm. And then I I watched a, a documentary about it actually about this subject, about how marijuana is in the Bible. But they're not smoking it. Are you oh. putting it in essential oil and pouring it on yourself? <laughs> well, I can tell you exactly how it works. It says how it works right in it. Um, it's the holy anointing. Well, what you do is you pour it all over your head and it, all over your body, <laughs> and it would get absorbed through your skin. Yeah, that sounds a little messy to me. Why? Now, come on. You expect <laughs> me to believe that's, that's how you're using cannabis? That's what they were using. They, they yeah, but how it. do you use it? Oh, how do I use it? Yeah. I, I use a vaporizer. Okay. There you go. Jesus would I approve. use the healthiest way possible. I, I am a Christian. Well, hey, whatever would Jesus do? And I think if Jesus were around today, he'd use a vaporizer, too. Thanks for the call, I, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. How about, I think it just makes the most sense. If you're going to be a Christian and you want to be a cannabis-using Christian, it just makes the most sense to say, God made plants. This is a plant. Therefore, I can use it. Right? Isn't it in the Bible, that essentially, that God yeah, basically the, says? It's here, all there for your consumption. All for the, you. The plants and the animals are yeah. there for us. Yeah. So if you're in, a, in the Christian and religion. it's good. Yeah. If you're in the Christian religion, there you go. Now, that doesn't mean you should just go picking all the berries off all the bushes and eating them, because some of them are better than others. <laughs> so be careful out there, kids. 
Anyway, 800-259-9231. If you're using the Bible as a guide to pharmacology, I'm thinking that like there's like there's a there's a schism in your thinking. I, I using think a Bible as a guide for much of anything, I have to question. I think that it's well, it's it's a good guide in social interactions and perhaps ways to live a productive life. There are some good things in the Bible, but it's also full of a bunch of malarkey. As well. I don't disagree. 800-259-9231 is one of the reasons why it's so dangerous, because people will point to it and say, this is the word of God. Well, prove it. (laughs) Oh, wait a second. Did God come down and write this? No, 44 different people being guided by the hand of God. So you're saying that... Don't forget the editorial staff as well, which cut out a whole bunch. Right. Was God, um, you know, guiding the editorial staff and which version um, of the, which, which Mm -hmm. version, which uh, version of the Bible that the, that an an editorial staff created is good? Are there okay ones? Are there editorial staffs that were more guided by God than others? And wouldn't they, since they're not completely guided by God, um, aren't they then creating satanic books? What the hell? Come on. Gobbledygook. We continue with Husto in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Husto. Hey, guys. Hey, you're on um, the air. This is more of a political question. I know you may not like it as much, Ian, but uh, I was just wondering. Um, I know it's thinking ahead, but uh, if by chance Ron Paul doesn't run for president, do um, you think Mark Sanford or Gary Johnson or Jesse Ventura would be good options? I don't know who the uh, first two are. Sanford, isn't he the governor of South Carolina? Yeah, he's okay. a, he he's he's been like talking everywhere and in all sorts of uh, TV stations about about rejecting the the stimulus. Sanford is one of the better governors out there, from my understanding. We've had some people in South Carolina singing his praises, but again, you're comparing cancers here. Uh, so, well, I mean, we don't we don't know enough about I, I we don't know enough about him to say. You Would don't you call Ron, be... call Ron Paul cancer? No, but okay. huh? Ron Paul is also not a governor. Anyway, you don't get to be governor, I don't think, without being uh, pretty much bad news in some way, well, shape I think or form. Vin, uh, I Ventura is obviously not a principled libertarian not even close um well i mean he has some elements of the philosophy there and he did govern according to his principles pretty well i mean so if he wants to run i'm probably not going to vote for him. none of those folks would get me excited i can tell you that uh but if they're jazzing you up man then by all means thanks Gusto, for the call 800-259-9231 you can bring up what you want even these remaining moments you pretty much have to be exceptional to get me excited about the political process. Ron Paul, he made the cut. We're on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then learn how to promote Free Talk Live at promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of things you can do, a whole list of things, in fact, uh, right there. And most of them are completely free, some of them very, very low cost. Anyway, easy, simple ways to get Free Talk Live into more ears and help people expose themselves to the message of freedom over at promote.freetalklive.com. And continue with your phone calls. And we'll talk to Eric in Tennessee. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Eric. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm talking about the uh, Bible here. Uh, you know, just religion in general here. It seems to me that uh, religion is great. The only problem is, you see, 
problem with religion is all, they have different religions, different different beliefs. Well, you think of from a uh, from a scientific okay from a scientific point of view, there's only got to be one way it's all happened. So once you find that one way, you're going to have one religion, and you're going to you basically going to have better, you're basically going to have um, more uh, more kind of harmony. So if you have more, so if you have a, a single religion, you probably won't have any more religious wars and. Uh, you won't have any holy wars. Um, I'm all um, with you. I'm all with you, man. I mean, abolishing a religion would be wonderful. I wish I could wave my magic wand and make organized religion disappear tomorrow morning, and all of the uh, the belief systems, the conflicting belief systems that come along with them. I, I wish we could do that. And essentially, what you're saying is here, you want science to discover what the truth of reality okay. is in the yeah, universe. Yeah, look and, at, yeah, look at this. Like, okay, look at this. Now you're talking about like the wars, like in uh, like okay, okay, like the Gaza Strip. Now, if you look at the Gaza Strip, the Gaza Strip is a very, very small area of land. It's like the size of New Jersey or something like that. Now, if you look at the Gaza Strip. Now, a war like that, you know, see, the problem is a war like that, you're never going to win. Because you just, see, you have, see, you have two holy wars. See, see two parties of... See, Nobody ever wins in war, by the way. I mean, anytime there's a war, there's never really a winner because people die, and that was not necessary the entire time. So I'm with you. You certainly aren't going to win in Gaza, and any other war or conflict, whether it's religious-based or based on something else, is never, ever a win, necessarily. Uh, but, you know, when you're talking about the idea of science coming around to some sort of explanation for the universe that will be incontrovertible... I, unfortunately, that's not realistic. Uh, while it may be true that science may indeed someday figure it all out, even if that does come to pass, that's not going to stop the religious folks, uh, the organized religious people in the world, from essentially plugging their ears, closing their eyes, yelling, ya la 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 la, they, they don't want to hear it. Um, so I don't think that, I don't believe that science is going to be the path toward getting people away from organized religion. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Hello? Are you still yeah, there? I don't know what, I don't know what to, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. That's that's I guess you're right. But uh see, I don't know. I just thought that maybe that would maybe help because uh you know, you see all these people and all these people they, they they fight for religion and yeah, I believe that yeah okay, yes people got yes, people should believe in something. I believe that. But you see something that's founded on, on factual evidence, factual data makes more logical sense to me. I'm with you, man. I thank you for the call tonight. I uh, appreciate it. Love the accent. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think that what we can really strive toward in a, maybe a possibility, as a, perhaps, uh, as far as peace into the future, would be to get the various different organized religions of the world to just allow each other to exist. I think that would be fine. They don't have to come to... That would to, be, you know, most of them largely do that, but it, then, true. then you'd have a tendency to get, get these little factions of them that get more and more and more and more extreme, as just as they go. Well, you know, I, I, know, I know a way that we can make our, differentiate, our, differentiate ourselves from the, the next uh, group, of a, group of guys similar to us. Well, we'll just, we'll just say that, the, the, that they're not going to make it to heaven. <laughs> you know, and, and it's just too easy. It's just too easy to have a religion, and that religion, you know, uh, you know gets more more and more exclusive. I see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, look at what humans do as far as groups. They make little clubs, uh, little secret societies like the Masons or um, the, the Skull and Bones or any of these little societies. They make these little secret societies where they keep secrets that are of no use to anyone uh, for anything. And... They do it just to be secretive. Well, that's an exclusionary tactic. You define a group by the people it excludes. 
And so you, you have this more, uh, this, you know, the, the more exclusive your group, the more important you are. So that's how they, they're doing it. That's how these religions it are working. Be exclusive. Just stop hurting people. That's all. Just allow everybody else to have their own religion and uh, try to stop enforcing it by the governmental systems that happen to be around you. If, if we could come to that point, I think that would be good enough. Getting everybody to agree on everything, that's not ever going to happen. Yeah. We continue here and talk to Dominic in Arizona. Dominic, you're on Free Talk Live. Dominic, going once. Dominic. Hi, um, I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on steroids and baseball or in any sport in general. Like if they should allow it at all because they're all doing it anyway. just want to get your view on that. I think it well, should be something the government stays the hell out of. I think that if the baseball league wants to set up rules about who can do what kind of drugs in their own league, it's their private uh, business, and they should be able to set whatever asinine rules that they want. I think that we should have a. I think we should have a, a roid league where you know they actually do allow drug use and uh, perhaps even encourage it. And then we could really see what the results of. <laughs> they should use aluminum bats in the roid league too, just to get it. Just see what a human being can do with enough <laughs> drugs and technology. Yeah, and and you know you could have some kind of roid rules basically in the games where if you know if somebody's taken too many roids and they have the the, the outlash where they yell and they if they lose it they could lo- either get docked points or maybe get bonus points. You're, if they go on a rage or something like that? You understand that the roid rage has not been scientifically proven. They've been using steroids for quite some time that they would be able to scientifically prove this. I mean, they're legal, you know, so roid rage. Steroids are legal? I don't sure think they are. so. They're not legal if you just want to do them, but yeah, they're absolutely legal. With a prescription. doctors um, to give people when they need to build muscle mass? Well, I, I mean, some of them are only supposed to be prescribed for certain things. Human sure. growth hormone is... But they can still do... Yeah, but you the guys... They would do studies on them. Right, but the guys that are doing it in sports, the sports world, do not have legal prescriptions for it. And, and the, I think the point, uh, the, the steroids are medicine, and I, I think that any kind of medicine should be okay in professional sports. Uh, and, you know, if if somebody wants to use it, I mean, somebody can Only make if the it's same, okay by the rules. Well, it, someone could make the argument that Ty Cobb didn't have the advantage of uh, you know antibacterial drugs, um, mm-hmm. you know, antibiotics. Yeah, it's not so, really a performance enhancer, though. It's not a performance enhancer, but you can't perform very well when you're dead. Dominic, how do you feel about roids in baseball? Well, I agree with your one point that the government should stay out of it. But, yeah, the the roid league, that would be something right there. But, I don't know. It's one of those topics you can go either way about it. Thanks for the call tonight. Let's talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going, guys? Todd, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to ask you guys, what was your thoughts on the Octomom in California giving her story on the Today Show, if you, ever got, if you guys actually saw that? Uh, this is the Octomom who had the octuplets, you know, the eight kids in addition to the six kids that she already has. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I've only heard offhand about it, Nick. Uh, I did not see the interview. I heard people talking about it. I can't say I thought it was... An impressive she says choice that she's for someone to make. Fighting for kids, she wants to go to school, and when everybody's wondering well, how she's going to, right? She wants well, a sponsorship deal from like yeah. the Today Show and Oprah and things like that. And personally, I think that's a very sleazy way to try to succeed in life. She has fourteen children Oprah. under the age of eight or nine, I think it is. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't know who the doctor was that performed that, but uh, even in a free market, I would imagine there would. If there was a doctor's association, they would probably pull his license or his membership or whatever it is, because it was a very unsafe procedure. Yeah, it's um, and plus, 
she says she's not going to look to state government assistance or anything like that. Good for her. But according to the news today on Fox News, she's going to be getting $400 in food stamps for the first six kids she got. Oh, and I guess talk is cheap, huh? Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's a single mom with 14 kids. I don't know how yeah. she could do it without That's state not possible. aid. How could, yeah, how could you? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. You know, there is that uh, there is that one family that has 16 kids or something like that, but they're a, they're a very religious family. They live kind of out on a farm. They run their own business, and they're very independent, and they are definitely not taking Duggar welfare. Family. What's that? The Duggar family. The Duggar family, is that their name? I saw a special on them uh, a few years back, and it was just amazing uh, watching their life. And they really – these are people that have had their kids, and they have no compunctions about putting their kids to work for them. Um, so their family actually works oh, yeah. out with a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, and I just uploaded YouTubes of uh, of this gal who did this, and everybody is saying that she looked a little bit like Angelina Jolie, or she had some plastic surgery of some kind, and – and she made this arrangement with the father that, you know, he's not really going to come out and see the kids yet. He just needs it all sounds out. very dramatic, Todd. We're out of time. Thanks for the call, dude. It has been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And, uh, again, another reason to be out of California. <laughs> That's where she is. Yeah, you're paying for it. Yep. We'll see you uh, tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.